Welcome to Pot to Stutzcast on Monday, the 22nd of November, 8:12 a.m. It's a slightly chilly morning. Well, slightly chilly. We've had a rain-soaked weekend, absolutely chucking it down on occasions. But the rain's cleared, skies have cleared. Now we've got a nice blue-red sky. Red, because the sun's just come up. In fact, the light that's falling on the fronts of the houses now is actually, well, it was pink, not orange. It's going orange now, but it was actually pink. And come on, Rue. And uh, it's just going light. Beautiful sunrise. Really nice. So, uh, thank you for joining us. We're, uh, it's Monday, so start of the week. I don't usually, I do start to cast on a Monday. It's usually a weekend, but uh, I'll tell you what happened over the weekend. But uh, anyway, there's a, yeah, that kind of freshness in the atmosphere after a lot of rain. It's a bit of a breeze. And it's probably about, well, I haven't checked actually, but I would guess it's around, it's just below 60, I would think, in uh, Fahrenheit. So, I don't know, 13, 12, something like that in Celsius. And can you hear Rooney jingling, jingling along beside me? Happy boy today. Ears up forward, tails up. All right, so thanks again for joining us. Off we go. Well, with the changing seasons, so our uh, our routines change slightly. Ooh, that dog barking is not the usual suspect. Many the big uh, Alsatian. That is a uh, Doberman Pinscher belonging to a young Russian guy who owns the beautiful, sort of modernised, or modern mansion. There he is, in fact. <laughs> Come on, Ruth. Let's get out of this hair. What is the yes? Come on, Rue. This way. Come on. <laughs> He's just about to take him out for a walk. We need to be well out of his way, because... Rooney, come on. He's hanging around his, his gate as these guys trying to come out. Are you looking for trouble, Rue? <whistles> come on. Sometimes you're a little bit of a ruffian, Rooney. <laughs> Aren't you? He feels this dog threatening him. <laughs> Hangs around. So you really want to make something of it? That is a big dog, Rooney. He might be part pit bull, but I don't fancy your chances against him. <laughs> yeah, so um, the moon is almost full and it's just hanging there in the sky right above me. Still bright as anything, even though it's quite light now. I like that time of the day when you've got a bright moon still still quite strong and the sun coming up. Eventually obviously it will completely overpower the strength of the moon, but yeah, I don't know. There's, there's something 
pleasant in the comparisons between the, the sort of quiet, sort of soft beauty of the moon and this sort of increasing muscular power of the sun. Oh, Lenny, that's Lenny just giving us a growl. Morning. That's the uh, Filipino housekeeper standing in the yard where Lenny lives. He doesn't often answer me when I say hello because I think he's used to so many people giving him trouble. But I am not a foe. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, ooh, it's, it's really quite refreshing being out here now. I've got a jacket on. And, uh, well, so I had to wear this yesterday too. But, um, yesterday morning, I wasn't, it's a shame I wasn't doing a Stutz cast because I, I had my app um, for recording bird song and bird calls and identifying them. Um, what's it called? I, I'll tell you, there's no point telling you about an app unless if you've got some interest you might want to use it. It's called BirdNet. You can get it on any of the uh, you know, stores. BirdNet, it's really good because what you can do is, um, oh, as, as I said, builders have got their radios going. Um, what you can do is, you know, identify a particular call and then uh, you just press analyze and it sends the recording off to some laboratory in Germany. By laboratory, I probably mean just a sort of a, a whole lot of servers in Germany where they have a, a bank, you know, a huge bank of bird calls and what it does is it matches those calls against its memory bank or listing of all the bird calls it's got, finds a match, sends it back and it does this in seconds and uh, so you get a, so excuse the voice, <laughs> it went a bit fast up that hill. Um, you know, and it gives you a match and it shows you a picture of the the bird and uh, the call and you can play the call back if you want to see if it matches and uh, sure enough um, yeah, there were some calls I needed to identify not that, I mean I wasn't sure because there were so many little birds around in the bushes and trees at the moment not quite sure which one's making which call but I needed to know and uh, some of the birds I couldn't see but I could hear them and there was one call which I was quite keen on uh, finding out what it was because this seems to be everywhere at the moment and uh, so I was walking with the runes obviously good boy runes he's doing his thing and uh, I, I recorded once and I thought it came up as uh, a European robin and I thought it's funny and the picture looked just like a you know robin you see in the UK that's funny, I didn't think they came this far south. Then I looked up the, uh, the notes on them, and they do, they, they come this far south. And I recorded it about uh, three or four times, you know, different times, and each time it came up the same. And I thought, well, yeah, that is the call, that is it. So, <laughs> I learned something there, that um, we have robins here. I haven't really seen them, but I hear them. And then... Um, there's another call, and another little bird, I, 
couldn't quite make out the colours because too high in the trees, but I could see a little small bird, lots of different occasions, and uh, I recorded him or her and got the result African blue tit. Oh, they get there here too. They look just like the blue tits. Hey, wait, wait there, Ruth. Car coming, just wait there. As you going that way. And uh, so that was good. It's, it's hard to um, spot and identify these smaller birds because you really need binoculars, and I can't have binoculars around with me. But oh, hello, those gardeners. Gardeners with their uh, leaf blowers. It's too wet to be blowing leaves, isn't it? And these will be stuck to the ground. Perhaps I might just uh, switch off the mic for a minute as we go past this, as it's going it's to be quite noisy. Can you hear it? All right, I'll switch off the mic for a second. All right, so we're past it now. I think these might be able to still hear it in the background, but. Oh, can you hear? That's the sort of thing I mean. I don't know if I'm picking that up on the mic. But birds high in the trees and I can not see them, but I can hear them. Well, I can't with that leaf blood blasting away. So we'll get away from that in a sec. Not easy today compared to yesterday. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I was off on my sort of route, having a great time. It's actually a sunny morning. Having said it was raining hard yesterday, it rained hard and then it cleared and then it rained again and it cleared. But I was lucky on my morning walk that uh, it was actually quite nice. And um, and then I, I, I came across. At the very top of a cypress tree, a uh, quite a large shape, a silhouette of a bird. I thought, oh, that's a bird of prey. I got close, and uh, I was close enough to actually sort of zoom in and take some pictures of it. It was lovely. Uh, it was actually a Eurasian um, kestrel. It's a sort of smallish falcon. Lovely bird, really lovely. And she or he was just perched at the top of the tree, they do this, they just perch at the top of the tree and they survey what's going on. And they've got uh, sort of brown markings, you know, they, uh, they're they lovely, they're, they're, they're sort of, they've got a grey head with a kind of a rusty back and a grey tail. I was able to really look at it, um, a bit of a black tip to its tail. I think this one was female, um, slightly bigger. Anyway, just sitting there and watching. And some of the little birds, you know, like the little blue tits and, and sparrows and things, were kind of buzzing it, like, go away, threatening thing that you are. It wouldn't. But it did, kind of after a sort of a concerted attack by three of them, it did move from one tree to another, but sort of slowly and reluctantly. And uh, I was really enjoying sort of I'd taking pictures of it, filming it, and then I thought, and I, and I identified it on the on the app, you know. <laughs> and gosh, there's a lot of smoke coming out of the mountains up there. They're not fire. Um, and I thought, just for a bit of fun, I thought, because it, it wouldn't make a call. It was just sitting there, but not making any sound. So I thought, I know, I'll play the call <laughs> you're raising Kestrel to it and see if it answers. And so I got the app, got the, got the Kestrel call and <laughs> played it. It spun its head around, looked right at me, and then 
took off and flew off. It must have thought, what the heck? There's not a castor around here. Maybe it was trespassing and thought I'm in somebody else's area. I don't know. But off, off she went. Couldn't, couldn't you know, lost a tracker after that. There is a lot of smoke billowing out of the mountainside up there, and it's been raining, so it, I doubt, very much doubt it's a mountain fire. I've got to hope not, because it's very close to us. Whew. So yeah, a little bit of bird life to uh, recount and tell you about. I do like that kind of stuff. But uh, we had a really pleasant weekend. No, really nice. Like Friday, actually. Christine and I, she takes Fridays off now, so um, we usually do something. We did. We went to a uh, little place called G-Wine down in San Pedro. It's really rather trendy. It's, it's actually not Spanish, although it's very Spanish in its menu. Um, it's run by a Russian guy, and uh, it does an excellent choice of wines. With, well, what we thought at the time, I'll explain why in a minute, but what we thought at the time was ridiculously cheap tappers. You know, really good, tasty little bowls. I, I love eating like that. Little bowls and little plates of things where you don't have to eat much, but you can have a, a variety of a lot. And, you know, they're like three, four euros, sometimes five euros each. It seems like, you know, almost for nothing. So we went down there and we had a great time, lunchtime. Didn't, didn't do much in the evening, but uh, it was nice. And um, and then on Saturday, yes, on Saturday, we decided we the weather was a bit off. We thought we'll get in the car and go for a little bit of an explore into the mountain villages of Ochen and Koyin, which is not too far away from here, maybe 30 minutes away. So we went off down there and uh, these are very beautiful mountain villages, but remote and extremely Spanish. You know, you'd have to speak good Spanish to live in a place like that. And, uh, you know, there's really no, not no, but very little non-Spanish influence on, on these communities. You know, if you, if you go there, you're going to live like a Spaniard in Spain and, and, and remote and, and unsophisticated life. But that suits some people, and you can get a you know, big place there for a small amount of money. And apparently a lot of widows go and live there. This guy was telling me on Saturday nights, we went for dinner, I'll tell you. But anyway, he was, he was explaining to me that a lot of widows go and live there. Once they get divorced, they can sort of go and live in places like that, buy themselves quite large thinkers, farms, old farmhouses, and then sort of start to gather a lot of cats and rescue dogs and things start making their own clothing. <laughs> he was generalizing and labeling, which I do not approve of. But... So, well, as it... before I tell you about the dinner party, um, I wanted to tell you about tappers because we decided that we would go back into Marbella. I'd seen a tappers bar that I'd rather like the look of. And I said to Christine, should we go there and have some tappers? Because it looked quite cool. So we did, we went into Marbella. It was lunchtime, at two o'clock. And uh, I, you know, we went to this tapas bar, and it was good. I mean, really good. But the tapas there, like one to two euros. It's like God, this is incredibly good value. And uh, 
and really interesting things. Little small delicate bowls of, of um, stews of things and uh, small things on toast, you know, like um, goat's cheese with you know, apple, cooked apple on top. And, and I had a, um, a little thing. It had a small slice of um, uh, black pudding, basically, is, is what it's called in uh, English. Um, it, it's a sort of, they call it Murcia de Burgos, which is uh, black pudding in, in, in essence, with a small quail's egg on top, a little bit of red pepper. <laughs> the word, the Spanish word for this, I, I, I mean, don't be offended, but the Spanish word for this is, uh, or their word for it was um, cojonudo. Cojonudo. <laughs> Look it up. It's, it's crude. It has a, a somewhat... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just rude. I'm not going to tell you what it means, but anyway, that's their joke name for it. Really good. And then the weather sort of wasn't too bad. It's a little bit grey, but we said, well, let's just have a walk down the front here. Walk down the street and go down to the seafront. It's, it's a beautiful, you know, walk. But what we didn't realise was that whole street is a street full of tapas bars, left and right. And every one of them is good quality. And they're out-competing each other on price, so there's no wonder it's one euro. You know, some were saying, two tapas for one euro. <laughs> and, and you'd think, oh, these must be grungy. Not at all. This is like London wine bar quality. Really good. And we didn't stop at any others because we already filled up, but we will go back there again. I perhaps we'll take friends there. And uh, you walk down and you're on this. I hadn't seen this walkway before. It's a part of Marbella I hadn't seen before, but really pretty. Um, and then Saturday night, we were invited to a dinner party, including Rooney. Yes, Rooney came too, didn't you, Rooney? He loved the fact that he was invited. Uh, Nick and Shirley Petties. And uh, there were new people there that we hadn't met, a guy called JJ, and his wife, Claire, and a guy called Clive, and his wife Donna. And I got talking to JJ and Clive before dinner, we were having drinks. Turns out he's a former uh, professional rugby player, played for sale. He's the one that was telling me about these widows that go and live in Ochen and Coyne. <laughs> Bit mean to say that, but I kind of know what he means. Um, Rins? Rins, I think we're going to go back this way. I think we'll go this way, Runes. Come on, Runes. Uh, yeah, it was a lovely dinner party. Nick did most of the well, main course. Shirley did the dessert. It was, it was uh, again, it was salmon, but really nice salmon with a kind of a risotto fish risotto alongside it. I'd say we've had really good meals at people's houses, and uh, it was really nice. And that, they, they live in La Heredia, so walking distance, that's why Rooney came. And uh, she is a talented artist, beautiful painting. I didn't realise they were hers, actually. I said, God, these are lovely paintings. Where, where did you get these? And she said, I did them. <laughs> that was lucky. <laughs> Could have said something else, but... Well, you wouldn't, would you, in somebody else's house? But anyway, I, I did genuinely think these are beautiful paintings, all sort of quite vivid colours of, you know... Spanish and South Africa, because they used to live in South Africa, South African scenery. 
fact, rather amusingly, there was a painting of a, a zebra. <laughs> I really wanted to tell my zebra joke, but I, I didn't. <laughs> the opportunity did not arise. <laughs> well, okay, I'm not going to tell it now. Um, and that was lovely. And uh, also, Barry and um, uh, who else was there? Oh, so Nick and Shirley, Barry and Chrissy. Um, anybody else? Just, no, just us. So a really nice mix of people. And uh, we walked there, walked back, really was good as gold. And um, it's just pleasant, you know. And uh, then on Sunday, got up early, as I, I already have explained, I did my bird walk with Rooney. And uh, Christina and I had planned, already planned, to... Um, am I still recording? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting uh, yeah, yes, I am recording. Um, I already planned to go on a hike in Rhonda, which is about it, which should be if you don't get into a slow line of traffic because it's a sort of like single file through the mountains. Um, should be normally about a 45 50 minute drive. It actually took us about 65 minutes because we got behind a slow convoy, but you have to put up with that in the mountains. Um, and uh, we wanted to go on the hike. There's a famous gorge, there's, there's a famous bridge built in the sort of 17... It took about 30 years to build, but the 1730s to 60, I think they're around about then. And it's like a, you know, 300 metre high bridge that, that uh, unites two halves of the town that were previously, you know, separated by this gorge and made it one town. Anyway, um, we wanted to hike down the gorge, never done that before. It's steep. So we, we did. And rather than leave Rooney on his own for a few hours whilst we went hiking, there's a really lovely couple, Michael and Marion. I may have told you before about them, but they live you know, just across the street from us in La Heredia. And Michael's Irish, and Marion. Marion's Irish, obviously, but... Um, he said to me, any time, John, you want to, I want us to look after Rooney, just send him over. If you want to go away for a couple of days, we'd love to have him, we'd love him. So I said, well. And, and because of, um, if you've listened to a previous pre uh, podcast, because a lady called Christina complained about me letting Rooney wander around the streets, I can't let him do that anymore. So I thought, and I know that they like having him. So I went over there before we left and I said, Michael, would you like to have Rooney for a couple of hours whilst we go on a hike? I'd love it. I'd love it. Send him over. Bring him over. You know, his bed's right here. He's so welcoming. Uh, I really love the Irish. They're, they're so charming and so uh, friendly and good social skills. Um, anyway, so we took Rooney over there. He was happy, weren't he, Rooney? He didn't get left. Off we went to Rhonda. And we actually drove to part of the town we don't normally drive to, as far as we could, into the centre of town. Parked up and uh, marched off down to the, to the famous bridge and then down the gorge. Down and down we went. And it is steep. Sheer. You, you, know, you look up in awe. And uh, you can understand why Hemingway wrote about it. Hemingway stayed in Rhonda. Um, as a, he was a correspondent um, during the Spanish Civil War, and he actually stayed in Rwanda. And uh, his influence is quite—it's uh, quite prevalent there now. You, you, you know, there's places named after him, and 
uh, as did Orson Welles um, love Rhonda. In fact, Orson Welles loved it so much he had his ashes uh, put there. But um, I'm digressing. Uh, this gorge, uh, well, Hemingway wrote about this in For Whom the Bell Tolls. Um, he, he says it was the uh, fascists, and, and, and I've also heard other accounts that it was the socialists, but one of the sides, rather than waste bullets on their prisoners, threw them over the edge of the gorge. Oof. And we were down at the bottom looking up thinking, God, that must have been horrendous. What about all the bodies just rotting in the valley? Anyway, <laughs> we went down there and it was sort of on and off raining. So uh, we were getting wet, but it, didn't, it wasn't too cold. So it didn't bother me that much. Christina put a rain mac on so she didn't really get too wet. Absolutely lovely. Gorgeous. My God, there's another fire. What's going on? Do people light fires after the after the rains? They must do. Perhaps that's when it's safer to burn up your rubbish. Yeah, I'm guessing that's what's going on here. There's two big plumes of smoke in separate places billowing up into the sky. So yeah, um, Ronda was a treat. And yeah, it got... It got uh, wet, but and we went across the bridge, the other half of the town, which I'd never been to before. It's lovely, you know, really old, really historic, and, and full of hotels. I didn't realise it, but pretty good-looking hotels. I said to Christina, one day, one day we'll go and stay in Rhonda. I mean, I know it's only three quarters to an hour away, but it'd be fun. Oh, some birds calling. And uh, so we got to about 2.30 by the time we got back to the car. A bit bedraggled, but spirits were high. And um, we drove home, and God, it rained hard when we were driving home. Really, the windscreen wipers on, you know, double speed, and still not really clearing it. And the headlamps on, trying to see your way through the mountains. It was all right. We were in the Mercedes, not, not the Jeep, because the Jeep still hasn't got its uh, proper Spanish plates, and I don't want to risk a fine. It should come this week. But, um, you know, the fact that you can do things like this and, and have a hobby that keeps you active and out, even when it's not sunny and warm, is so rewarding. It's so fulfilling to be able to do all that kind of thing. And... Uh, uh, yeah, and then, and then we got home, and it was a little chilly. And uh, rather than pull the central, well, not central, but put the air conditioning units on to, to, to heat, I thought I'd just light a fire, because we've got firewood left over from previous visits. Oh, it was cosy. Christina cooked uh, lovely uh, chicken schnitzels with all the accompaniments. And we were hungry because we'd been on a hike. And we, we watched Casino Royale, <laughs> the new version, not the, not the original, you know, the Daniel Craig version, which I think is his best one. I think it was his first one. Um, sounds like all we ever do is watch James Bond movies, but no, we do watch other things. But um, I, I've been fiddling around trying to get my subscriptions right, and you can't watch this and you can't watch that. 
Uh, just, basically, I just plumped for anything that I was allowed to watch. Uh, something to do with distribution rights in Spain. God knows. Anyway, what a lovely weekend we had. Just really, well, obviously we were socialising, but just the two of us. Now, I'm going to pause as we're going back along the route where the guy's with his leaf blower. So bear with me. I have to observe that there's a point at which technology and common sense conflict. He, he's blowing these pine needles, which are soaking wet on a, on a wet road with a leaf blower, with very little success or progress. <laughs> and if he just got a brush out, you know, and, and brush them up, it would be twice as fast and twice as effective. And perhaps a rake. But it, well, it's not just common sense, it's just people don't carry brushes and rakes around anymore. It's just that they have these yard blowers which make a tremendous racket. And I think, I have heard, are bad for the environment in terms of what they, how they sort of prevent the effective spread of uh, you know, pollens and seeds and things. But anyway, that's the way it is. Come on, Rune, move in. Off the road, off the road, come on. Rooney, off the road. Sorry. Rooney, come here. Sorry. Sometimes he just stands right in front of the cars as they're trying to get past. Now he's gone chasing after. What are you doing, Rooney? You don't do that. It's because he hasn't got his harness on. He thinks he's, you know, free to do whatever he wants. I his harness on because it's soaking wet from yesterday. No, the day before, <laughs> the day before, I really got caught. <laughs> Completely drenched. Like a couple of drowned rats, weren't we? Ruins when we got home. Oh, I'm just looking out across the uh, large expanse of view now. Oh, yeah, it looks lovely. It's so green. You know, you would expect it to be sort of brown, but it's not. It's green. As far as the eye can see, well, the um, sea is obviously blue. <laughs> but all the mountains, they like, look like they've got a warm bedding of uh, eiderdown of green all over them. I think things must grow fast here because we've had about two, three days of rain. It does look a bit different. Anyway. What do you think, Runes? Should we go into the clothes? Now he's walking alongside me. Look there. Yeah, alright, we'll go into the clothes. Well, we are in, if you're listening in America, we are in Thanksgiving week. Time. Tempest Fugit, <laughs> time flies. It uh, doesn't seem like a year ago in some ways, and in other ways it seems like much longer, that uh, this week I was preparing a turkey and we had Betty Blake for Thanksgiving lunch. Dear old Betty Blake, another lady who absolutely adored Rooney. And, uh, would take him whenever we wanted to go out. Who actually, since we left, in fact, she, <laughs> this is 
you know, crazy, but when we told her we were leaving to go and live in Spain, she was upset. And uh, one of her sons lives down in Florida and has been asking her to go and move and live in Florida close to them so that she can be close to that particular grandchild. <laughs> she said to me, well, you know, if, if Rooney, not us, but if Rooney's not going to be around, I think I will move to, to Florida. And she did. <laughs> We're still in touch by texts, or emails actually with her, I don't think she does texts. No, she does do texts. Anyway, irrelevant. She uh, She's moved, sold up, and gone to Florida. <sighs> nice lady. Oh, Rooney's on the run. Um... Yeah, that was a year ago. It's funny, uh, I was thinking back to a year ago, we were living in America. We had our boat still in the water, even though it was too cold to really go out on the boat. I hadn't taken it out of the water by then, because you have to in that part of New England, because it gets too cold. Everything freezes over and your boat freezes up, so you've got to take it out of the water and winterize it. I, I had asked the guy who does all that not to take mine out until after Thanksgiving because I was determined because I kind of knew that it would probably be the last boating season for us I was determined not to take it out early now Lenny don't bark oh. he does a short set of barks now when he sees us um, I was determined to have a slight, the longest possible boating season so we had on Thanksgiving day we had uh, drinks on the boat with Janice and Phil, who bought Teddy, their, uh, their Labradoodle as well. And we, I made some sausage rolls, they bought some glue vine. I had the uh, screens up so we could sit inside, in, inside the, the cockpit in warmth. We didn't go into the cabin, but we sat in the cockpit. All screened off, cosy, had drinks. The boat was still floating in the dock. And then uh, off we went. God, cranes are right over my head. I'm sure that one day I'm going to be recording and you'll just hear a crash and that'll be the end of me. <laughs> squashes me. <laughs> All right, we're through. Um, yeah, uh, and then we came back after drinks on the boat to the house and you know, hosted Betty for a Thanksgiving lunch clear in my mind but oh, sometimes it feels like longer than a year ago but it was only a year ago and uh, then we took the boat out of the water quite late and that was the last time we ever went on it and then uh, put it up for sort of dry dock you know you winterize it and then I sold it I think I might have po even podcasted on that because I probably did but sold it uh, just before we came out here uh, from the dry dock, <laughs> it was still shrink wrapped. Anyway, it was a bargain to the guy that got it. Anyway, those days are over. I don't miss them. I don't miss them. Anyway, so if you are in the States, or if you are American and you're celebrating Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving week from Rooney and I and Stutz Cast. And thank you to everybody who's listening in. Um, enjoy the week as it is only Monday celebrate Thanksgiving if you do and we'll speak to you again soon